the project. Kuwait. Learn. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of The Project. Today we're sitting down with Jocelyn Galoff, an endurance athlete slash CrossFit athlete. I mean, the kid's phenomenal. He has been invited to Lake Tahoe to participate in the Spartan Games. He is just all around a gifted young athlete who is definitely up and coming in the community, whether it's CrossFit or Spartan. And he kind of gets into that a little later in the show. And then we also have back on the show, Catherine, our Pilates expert who podiumed in her first triathlon. And I thought it would be great to have both of these guests on the show from two different backgrounds to talk about endurance training, what that does to the body, how they've made it work for them, and also what will work for you or some of the novice people that are out there and some of the higher caliber athletes. I think it's a great show. There's a lot of good discussion in here. So let us know if you have any questions and can't wait to see one of you guys at a race. All this and more in today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the project. I got this one started real quick because I want to hear your story. <laughs> so you're going to lose your shit the other day. Yeah. And Nelly's lost my shit because I heard... Hold on. Yeah. We have Catherine back on the oh. show. And then we have Jossum on the show. He is a Spartan racer slash CrossFitter. We'll get back to you, Jossum. Let her hit this story. <laughs> <laughs> so just to kick things off here, um, working as a Pilates teacher, you have a lot of stories that you hear about uh, recommendations from different health professionals and such to my clients, my students. And one of the recommendations from a medical practitioner was that my client should not practice with free weights at all because it makes you unstable. And she was being requested to use fixed machines all the time and never use free weights. And I find myself constantly having to like contain myself and because it's not my place to talk about gym and training and such. I'm there to teach Pilates. That's what I do. But yeah, it's like, okay, right. And what was his reason for that? So yeah, because it makes you unstable. Like I might be unstable on my feet. That's the reason that you would do it. But anyway, let's do the hundred. Yeah, so I nearly lost my shit. It's let, let me guess, this was like a doctor out of the 1940s? I don't know, something like that. But the thing is, this is a client that's actually rehabbing herself from an injury. Oh, so wow. it would be amazing for her to be put in a place of being potentially unstable. Yeah. But yeah, so nearly lost my head. I don't blame you. <laughs> but, but, but the sad thing is you are qualified. I mean, in all yeah. honesty, I mean, you've done the yeah. weightlifting, you've done pro comps in terms of weightlifting. So I think you're more than qualified and you see it a lot in Kuwait. It's sad. You see these doctors that don't know shit from Shiola. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. It's tough. Yeah. And in everyone's defense, everyone's qualified. Everyone's qualified in their area. But the line is crossed where some people are commenting on things that they're not actually fully versed in. They're not fully knowledgeable in an area and they recommend something to a patient. And I find personally that a lot of people can be patient patients too yeah. much. They're too patient yeah. and they'll just say, oh, the doctor told me to do this, so I'm just going to do it. It's like no constructive thinking, no second opinions, just, oh, the doctor said, so I'm just going to do that because it must be right. But the comment that they've been given or the request that they've been given has clearly not been given from a place of knowledge, to be honest, complete knowledge in that area, because we all know that free weights is supposed to make yeah. you unstable. That's part of the reason that they work, right? Exactly. But yes. 
<laughs> I just feel so good about telling you about that. I feel so much better now. Well, yeah. it, it is quick. You're going to run into a lot of that shit. Yeah. In everyone's defense, I think it's a bit of a global issue too. I've seen it in different places. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 I, can see, I, I, can, I can see that. And it sucks because we get so engulfed or I get so engulfed in the fitness sphere. So I see good trainers, bad trainers, but I don't really hear these stories anymore. Mm. Yeah. And it's just like the guy at work who was like, yeah, what exercise? And he just picks up dumbbells and he starts doing bicep curls. I'm like, that's the most useless thing you could ever do. Yeah. He's 60 years old. I was like, you're better off doing some deadlifts, yeah. you know, with dumbbells yeah. and yeah. gaining some mobility versus more compound lifts versus bicep curls. All that's just going to do is yeah. round your shoulders yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. But let's get into Jossum. <laughs> we have… Hi. Hello. <laughs> so glad you're on this show. Thank you. Spartan racer. Invited to Lake Tahoe, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Kicked ass in the Spartan races… In the Middle East region. Middle East, yeah. So you went to Dubai? Or? The regionals were in Dubai. Yep. Uh, I did the one in Oman, Bahrain, Kuwait twice and Dubai actually. There was one in Hatta, which is like… When did you do Hatta? I think the same time as you did. You did? Yeah. No way, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we had the whole confusion with the flights getting delayed and we almost didn't make it to the race because there was like the huge rainfall in Kuwait. So we made it to the race like an hour before the race. So we were completely not prepared. We were how'd you, how'd, you, how'd you do with sleep deprivation? Um, I got sixth in my age group. You're an asshole. Yeah. Amazing. You're just, you're yeah, but, asshole. Yeah. but it was at some point I got a huge migraine. That's awesome. Because we were sleep deprived. We had to drive two hours from the hotel to the race. Yeah. Two hours. Yeah, man. we barely ate. It was like a horrible day. But mm-hmm. it, we were glad that we did it. But the other races were just fantastic actually. Like, I mean… I think of Kuwait and you can see like there's no incline at all for runners. And when you go outside of Kuwait like to these countries nearby… Even Bahrain has some really good incline to run on. And like some… I mean I was surprised. And I loved Bahrain actually. I would love just to go to Bahrain and run. So yeah. So, so what got you into the endurance races? So actually since like my early age, since I was like six, I actually did martial arts. Okay. So it's funny enough because people don't actually associate martial arts with any endurance. But if you think about it, the endurance we used to do is that there was a lot of breathing techniques which helped me now that I don't get out of breath fast or I'm not fatigued. So usually… That's awesome. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't even aware of that at the beginning. But I did it for around 13 years. Awesome. So you started like when you I, were younger. I was younger. like six years old and I, yeah. and I stopped when I was 18. So I got my black belt in karate. And then I took it seriously maybe for the last five years of doing it. I was a kid back then. I was not even taking it seriously when I was like 10, 11, 12. And then at some point, my coach told me, and he was Polish, which is like my mom's side also. So he's like, listen, you want to do it well? and You want to get a black belt? He wasn't joking around. So I was like, yeah, I started putting a lot of effort. And then from there, I started just doing those random races in Kuwait. 5, 10 Ks, 21. I haven't done 42 yet. So, But then when I started doing the Spartan races, that was the first time I started doing 25 to 30 K. So that's what really got me into it. Also in Poland, we have like a group where I started running with people around the forests. That's a huge difference compared to Kuwait. And How nice. Yeah, you, oh. you're running with like sheep next to you. And oh, when you come, oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, the climate change is insane. When you practice out in the mountains in Poland and come back to Kuwait, you're just different, you know, because you still have to adapt to this climate. So I was always getting happy when I come back, like, oh, I'm so ready. And then when I come back here, I need to get, again, two weeks, three weeks ready to run in Kuwait. So yeah, I mean, that's what got me into running, actually. So I mean, Poland, I think, is like 85% of why I started love running because of all these views, you know, you're running through the mountains. You're, Time would go so People fast. are so motivated, yeah, mm. to just run. And there, 
I mean, I have a lot of people in my family that run and they're like around 60, 65 now. They run around the world. So oh, it's amazing. Yeah, they want to come to Kuwait cool. soon. So That's motivational. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. Hey, they do. They went to Dubai recently and they want to come to Kuwait. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I have people around me that are actually like good athletes. So that's what got me going. So. Oh, that's pretty cool. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, move your chair down a little bit. That way you're in the camera, dude. Oh. Like come, <laughs> come down towards me this way. So that way we get, we get yeah. everybody in here. Sure. And Catherine, you went from bodybuilding, Pilates, and now you are an endurance athlete. You placed third in the last race that we had here in Kuwait in May, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, late March. Late March. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we're in May right now. Oh, My bad. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm so like… <laughs> detail. <laughs> no, no. Hey, it's all good. Germany. Sorry. Hey. <laughs> Efficiency. It's, it's, all, it's all good. So what got yeah. you into endurance racing after bodybuilding, Pilates, and now endurance racing? How did that come about? I mean, because you're hardcore. You're like in the pool in the morning. Your food's right. You were talking about that earlier. So, <laughs> so how'd you get into it? Okay. So firstly, just to preempt that with weight training still in my life from the fitness figure comps and it will never be out. I still love the strength training. Pilates is still in my life and I think it's contributed to racing. But how I got into triathlons is I started having some lower back pain and the doctor recommended multifidus was weak. The lower back area, those muscles down there were weak. So he recommended that I swim three times a week for 20 minutes. So I started swimming. It was tough as like even doing two laps. I'm like hanging off the side of the pool, you know, oh my God, this is really hard. But kept going, kept doing it. And then 20 became 30, 30 became 40, 40 became an hour. And then swimming became a pleasure. And I just kept doing it. And when I came to Kuwait, I joined up at the sports club to use the pool because they have a 25 meter pool specifically to use that. And every morning I would go, the swimming coaching group would be there with the proper coach doing their thing, smashing up and down the pool. And I'm kind of sitting on the side watching them going, wow, they're so amazing and so fast. Oh, I want to be like that. And they would be leaving as I was going up. And quite often, one of the girls, Fatima, that was swimming, she would say, you should come and join us, come and join us. I'm like, oh, forget it. Like I was completely shy. And no, I'll never be as fast as you guys. And eventually I gave in because she kept encouraging me. So I started to join. And then becoming part of the squad became a little more inspired, a bit faster, started to progress more. And then the chat comes around to triathlon. So when's your next race? I'm like, race? What's a race? Where's the race? What is this race? And (laughs) is there a race? (laughs) And so we start talking about triathlons and it just came up. And I haven't been involved in running for a really long time. I used to run just for fun. I'd just go out for half an hour and just run for the sake of it. Not really paying attention to technique or anything, just run because I loved it. And I hadn't run for ages. So I thought, I'm not sure if I can do that. But biking, I've been doing it since I was knee-height grasshopper, small. And so biking's not a problem. Swimming was becoming a pleasure. And it was just the running that I needed to nail. So I thought, okay, I can give this a go. Maybe I'll give it a go. The other thing about chai is that there are different durations, different distances you can do. So you have the super sprint, sprint, Olympic, and you go up to half Ironman, Ironman, and then there's the glorious Ironman Kona in Hawaii that's like the mecca of the triathlon kind of racing that if you've done Ironman, you get the tattoo, you get the cap, you you get that tattoo on your (laughs) leg because you want to tell everyone. The current record for Ironman finishing, I think world record is about eight hours finishing. And one of my squad actually did it. I think the cutoff is 15 hours, I think, but I think he did it in 12 or 13. Oh, wow. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, amazing. I mean, these guys are running through the night. They have a GoPro headlamp on and they're running through the night. And you watch the Iron Man on YouTube and it's so motivating. There's just such a huge cross-section of different people competing. Short, tall, bigger body, slim body, mums with six kids, 
whatever, super fit people, elites, to people that are just in it with bikes with tassels on the handlebars, you know, almost with trainer wheels. It's a motivating, inclusive sport that anyone can be part of. And I felt drawn to that aspect of it as well because there's such a huge support system for this race globally. And yeah, so it's a very positive, fun thing, but that's how I got into it. Yeah. So now I've done two. Yeah, two races, wow. yeah. That's that's awesome. And yeah. I think you touched yeah. on a great point that anyone can do it. And yeah. my advice is if you're going to do it, do it somewhat in the right way. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people will say, okay, you know what? Hey, I'm going to do an Ironman. I'm going to just go out and I'm going to run 10K every day. Where they should kind of take the approach, especially if you live or lead a sedentary life of, okay, I'm going to run my first 3K, 4K, 5K, 6K, and progressively build up to the 10K. And I think that's something that we can hit on. And we were talking about yeah. that resource that you, yeah. you uh, shared with me. And I was like, all right, now we got to do this episode, <laughs> you know? So let's go back and forth with some of the resources that we can share with people. Yeah. So the listeners can take something out of this, especially if they're going to prepare. Yeah. And Catherine, what's a good resource that you could recommend? Okay, so definitely the online resource as well. There's a couple, like if we're talking local, and then you can talk global. So local resources, I have a triathlon coach and he's the bomb. I am in a state of pretty much constant excitement for my next program that he's going to give me. Who's your coach, if you don't mind saying? His name's Samar Rahala. <laughs> Samar Rahala. Samar Rahala. Rahala. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's cool. And yeah. And um, give, give him a little shout out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Don't uh, worry about hi, it. It's, coach. It's, it's all good. I don't it's know if good. I should have mentioned your name, but there it is. Yeah. It's all good. We'll yeah. tag him. In this. <laughs> 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 He'll be like, Project yeah. Wait, what is <laughs> <Yeah>. this all about? <laughs> but yeah, awesome. Not just because he gives me a program, but there's also a mind training that's involved that when I met him, I really needed at that point because I was in the pool with the squad suffering from anxiety, bordering on panic attacks that I don't get in anything else, really. I would be swimming and my mind takes over and all I can see is that there's people in front of me and I can't catch up to them because I haven't yet built the technique, but I didn't know what I didn't know, which is that the technique comes first, speed comes second with swimming. Anyway, and I guess we can talk about that with all sports as well, but with the swimming in particular, and I was just almost every squad mate, I was getting anxious and feeling like I was going to pass out and throw up at the same time in the middle of the lane and sink and drown. And because there's people in front of me, the water started getting hot. Why can't I catch up? And the mind takes over. And that was overwhelming me a bit. And in the first meeting that I had with him, he just helped me overcome that and basically stop thinking about everyone else. It's your race. It's your swim focus on your technique. And to be honest, it hasn't been something that I've been able to grasp in one sitting. It's been an unfolding, an evolvement of understanding that's been a mind and body understanding going together. Because as we were saying before, someone can tell you to do this, do this, good for you, keep doing this, do this. But until you feel it in your body and you feel things change and you feel your progress, you don't have a kind of a true belief in it. There's a body intelligence, I think, that came at that point. But yeah, so on a local scale, getting a coach that knows what they're doing. So when I first started training for races, we had a short little like a triathlon simulation at the club where we did a 350 meter swim, run out from the swim and then literally run two and a half K back in the water, repeat the swim back out to the run, back in the water, do the swim back out to the run, times that by four. So we had to do the transition or T1, which is like changing from, or T2 actually, going from the swim to the, actually it's not even a transition because in the triathlon you go from swim, bike, run, but we had to change from swimming to running and then run and come back back in the swim. So I did that. By the third round, 
I was pulling my hamstring. My quad was screaming. My hips were pulling. I had these shoes on, these Nike shoes that I thought were the business, but obviously they clearly weren't. Yeah. <laughs> that's how, oh, it, yeah. I know. That, that's how it always yeah. turns oh, come out. Come on, they were pink and they've got these great big bubbles <laughs> under my heels and I'm feeling like I'm going to fly in them, but they were the worst for my body, yeah, yeah. clearly. And now with hindsight, I know that. But by the third round, we were meant to be doing four, I quit. And it's like, okay, I've got to stop now because if I don't, I'm going to seriously tear some muscles or something. And what it was, I think, is because I just didn't have the right technique or the training. And I was just, as you were saying before, to throw yourself into a distance that you're not trained for rather than doing those building blocks to go up is a big mistake. And you definitely can injure yourself if you're not used to running. And I wasn't a runner. People need to understand they need to build the foundation slowly if it's not something they're used to doing or they will get injured. Yeah. So Triathlon Coach has been awesome. Another local resource is Triathlon Clubs. So if you find out there's a triathlon club near you and there's a couple in Kuwait, there's one I think that is male and it's swimming only. They have access to a really big pool. I think it's like 50 meter pool or something around. And on a global scale, there's such a great internet support system. Like I joined up with this classic group on Facebook called the Pathetic Triathletes Group. And yeah, tell us about that a little bit. I mean, let's. They're amazing. It normalizes everything because I think human nature is to kind of be acting like you've got a handle on everything all the time. Yeah, I've got this. I'm doing, yeah, I've got this really. But this group takes the mickey out of that completely and just says, you know, when they introduce a comment to the group or a post on the wall, they'll say, Dear fellow pathetics, this is what I did today, you know, and they'll talk about something like how they fell over three meters before the finish line at Ironman or a guy today wrote up that he clipped because he used clip shoes on the bike. So he's clipped his shoe onto one side and he leaned over to kiss his wife who was on the bike next door and he leaned over on the clip side or something and he didn't have his foot in or something, but he fell over and took her with him (laughs) and a few people alongside as well. And then hashtag pathetic. And everyone... Then everyone writes a stream of support for that act. Like they support him and say, yeah. oh, it's okay. At least you did it for this. And you know, <laughs> So it kind of normalizes your patheticness, but in a good way. But there's also some nice rallying around about information. Like people share information about the clothes they wear or the shoes or, you know, they roll their ankle in this shoe because they're so pathetic and what's <laughs> the best shoes to wear. So there's that global aspect as well. And indeed, you can travel the world and do triathlons. Yeah. So like the one I did in Abu Dhabi with the WTS kicks off in Abu Dhabi and then it goes to the UK and does two or three there. Then it goes to the EU. And if you're really keen, you can literally follow those races around and do each one if you can, if you have the time, freedom and the finances to support that. You can run around all over the world and do tries. You can meet a bunch of like-minded people. And I found the Abu Dhabi comp being my first one was for sure the best decision because there's that team spirit there. I went, went by myself, didn't know anyone there. By the end of my time there, I met like three new people. Everyone's chatting because everyone's a bit nervous. So you want to support each other. How are you? How long have you been racing for? You know, it's just this great feeling as well. It's really yeah. positive. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, when we go from support systems, I think yeah. that's a great one. Yeah. Jossam, yes. support system in terms of the Spartan races oh. here in Kuwait. Now, I've heard mixed stories between the good, bad, and the ugly about Spartan Kuwait, so to speak. Like the Spartan group or clique here in Kuwait. Not really sure. I never got involved with them. But how is the support system from a Spartan athlete side? So as Catherine said, I think having the right people next to you is so crucial. Especially when I did my first Spartan race, I had some new friends that were training for it. And if not them, I wouldn't be motivated to do a Spartan race. I would have been motivated to just do it 
I was just like, yeah, I just did it. You know, it's 5K, so what, what else? But I wouldn't be motivated to do the 22K and then the 18K and then the 30K. And these people that I met actually traveled along with me everywhere I went. You did that That's with so Mohamed Jaffa. Mohamed Jaffa, yeah, 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 All right, yeah, shout yeah. out to Mohamed yeah, Jaffa. Shout out, big shout out Dude, to Mohamed Jaffa. he was yeah. in college with me. And this guy, like, I never thought he would become a Spartan yeah. racer. And now just to see him, yeah. he is he's, a badass. No, he's oh, yeah. amazing. He's yeah. an What encouraged him to do it then? How did he get into it? If I mean, he it's funny enough because me and him were at the same gym. And we were doing our own thing. And when the Spartan race came up in Kuwait, we were like, let's do it. And we formed like a small group. We started training. I mean, we are running. We're doing some obstacles. We found some paths where we can actually run and find obstacles, monkey bars, run in the sand. There's a lot of things you can do, especially like Spartan has like minimum 30 obstacles. So there are surprises on the way. So we tried to find little things. And after some time, I've seen like he got so into it. And I got so into it. And we were like, yeah, let's travel there and there. And we went to Bahrain by car and the race. Then like we were traveling along. And within like one year, we did like six races. Wow. Yeah, That's and, fantastic. And they, and they ranged from like, I did the one which was like 30K, then 22, then 18 and five. And every race is different. Mm-hmm. Because for example, in Oman, I wouldn't know I would have been swimming. Nobody said that. They just told us at the starting line, hey, you'll be swimming today. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, But how do you know what to wear if you're meant to be swimming? You, you, the you Spartan just, race, they you, don't, don't, you, you don't know. You don't know. You, you don't you don't know. Ca- they don't care what you wear. You just wear your uh, regular clothes. They tell you wear yeah. shorts and like… No cotton uh, shirts. Yeah. No yeah they're like shirts. no cotton shirts. Yeah. Wear uh. shorts and like prepare to get wet. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. Okay. So we didn't know that there's run. And then when we got to the location, which was like super far and like from Moscow, it was like an hour drive in the mountains. We're like, oh, that's probably like a mountain race. And then we see like sea. We're like, how did this get here? And then the guy at the starting line just… The guy who always speaks out and he tries to motivate people before the race. He's like, yeah, you guys, don't worry. You'll be swimming today. And we were like… Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it happened. And it was… I think you were just in the heat of the moment where you just do it. And I'm not an ama- I'm not a good swimmer. I'm just an average swimmer. And I did it. But just because like you have to do it. Just something you do it over the heat of the moment. So again, I think right people… And like you said, Spartan Kuwait, I haven't been to it. But they always told me… I don't know what's his name is Shakti. I think Abdullah Shakti. I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he talked to me a couple of times to come. But because I'm so between CrossFit and Spartan, yeah. I, cannot, I cannot join this gym. Yeah. And I think CrossFit helped me so much when it came to the aspect of endurance and fatigue and everything. But I had to focus last year just purely on running because I can't do both. You cannot do heavy weights and then just run for like 30K. Makes you, sense. Yeah. <coughs> makes sense. Yes. So I think we can all agree that support system is key when yes. you're starting. Yeah, when you're totally. starting out for one of these yeah. endurance races, support system, good coaching, finding an online coach, finding online resources. Yeah. And there's tons of them out there. I think we were talking <laughs> about running earlier before we got started and we were talking about feet. So, and before we get into that, I wanted to ask you about the CrossFit Spartan thing because I remember when you said, all right, you know what? I think now I'm just going to focus on CrossFit and I'm going to turn away from Spartan. And this had been just after you get invited to Lake Tahoe. Yeah. And yeah. I wanted to punch you in the face. It's <laughs> like so many people dream of getting that invite. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to quit now. I'm going to do I'm going to do CrossFit and then he does CrossFit ranks number 6 in Kuwait, right? Yeah, yeah, six. So he kicked, he yeah. kicked ass. In Kuwait. He definitely yeah. kicked ass. Yeah. So. so but it's easy to say but it's hard to do. I mean, thank God my programming that I'm getting from my coach in Poland, he understands what I do. Who is your coach? He's actually going to the CrossFit Games. So he's uh, Bronisław Olenkiewicz. That's cool. a very hard name. Very hard. <laughs> Say it slowly so we write the show notes. <laughs> and, and yeah, we can include his it. name is Bron, if it's easier. Okay. Uh, Olenkiewicz. All so right. he made it to the CrossFit Games this year. I've been doing his program for the past nine months. And I've seen like a boost of performance. And he's super nice. He calls me. He 
WhatsApps me. He sends me videos. Send me videos of this. How you're doing this. What's happening? Why are you not sending me stuff? <laughs> Super nice. And he's all the way in Poland. Like I know coaches that so just give you yeah. programming and they tell like, okay, just do it. I'll see you just later. Just do it. Yeah, you have one problem. Mm. Message me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. But this guy is always on our heads and I love <laughs> it. And I got so into it because at the beginning, I hated it. I didn't know I was so bad. <clears throat> you know, I was even able to like walk on my hands and now you're like, the guy is like, now I'm like able to do it easily and the guy helped me so much. Yeah. And yeah. I think that because of that programming, I just got into it's a mix of endurance and strength training. So it's around four times a week, it's endurance. And then three times a week, it's pure strength. So I think that's what made me look into the CrossFit part. But when it came to the Spartan, I was just doing running all the time. Not any running. We were running Mutla, I think. Mutla, yeah. Mutla. Yeah, yeah. We were yeah. running, yeah, with like vests on, you know, 20 kilo. <laughs> because again, like in the Spartan races, you never know what's coming. You know that, okay, this might come, this might come, but you never know what's coming. So yeah. we had to prepare for anything. And especially when, yes, when I got third place in the regionals, I knew I qualified, but I was like already purely going into CrossFit. But yeah. when I got that invite, it's an amazing thing to do. Lake Tahoe, it's on TV. Just you know. to do it. Just yeah. to do it. The, the CrossFit games are equally as good. It's, which it's, which it's, sooner or later, you're a rising athlete, dude. And I'll we'll put see, money we'll on see. it in a few years. We'll you're going to make we'll it. Yeah, I'm 25, so I'm still young. Yeah, so you, got, do, yeah. you got some time. You mm. got the strength. You definitely have the strength for it, which is amazing. Yeah. And hitting on programming, yeah. let's get into training splits a little mm. bit. So, Catherine, what are your training splits right now for… The race that you have coming up. You said you the flying start was cut rolling around in about November, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So right now you're obviously training and preparing for that, which is inclusive of food, sleep, mm. everything. Mm. So what are your training splits like? Do you do a one a day, a two a day? Is it the full length? Or I'd mentioned my stupidity earlier when I tried doing a triathlon yeah. every day, <laughs> you know, which didn't work out. So, but what are your splits like? Okay. So in relation to the actual race splits, Twice a week, I'll do a brick. So What's a brick? A brick is… So in a triathlon, you have the swim, then the bike, then the run. A brick is taking two of those and doing them together. And it has to be in order. So it's either going to be a swim to a bike or the bike to the run. Because your body feels unusual going from one to the next one. Swimming, you're horizontal. Biking, you're becoming a little more like on a diagonal. Running, you're upright. So it goes from easy to getting harder to the hardest. Whoever invented this race is like, <laughs> why can't they do it the other way? Anyway. So do you get the wobbly legs after the, the after biking? The bike. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. So it's so yeah. weird. Yeah. It's, it's the weirdest yeah. feeling in the world. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. Like brick legs. Maybe that's why they call it a brick. <laughs> but um, yeah, from the bike to the run was the weirdest feeling at first. But there's a special technique to make that transition. So your cadence or the, the rate that you run, the length of your steps should be a little shorter when you first get off the bike to start running. Your running is like trotting. It's like little steps. And because the muscles that you use from the bike to the run are different, you know, using the same, but to a different degree, the quads are used and the hamstring, what have you. So as you continue running, you feel like a switch is made from one set of muscles almost to the other. And that I'm sure is not exactly what happens, complete switch out. But over the course of like 30 seconds to a minute to two minutes, I start to feel my stride length increase. And then by the end of the actual run, I'm bouncing and my stride is actually a lot longer. So that's a brick. Then you have the swim to the bike and you have to practice the transitions. So you have the swim to the bike and you have T1 and then the bike to the run is T2. And if you don't practice the transitions, you get to race day 
and you can be stuck in the transition zone for like seven minutes wasting time because you're fussing around, oh, where's my towel? Where's my whatever? Been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. And you hear I was like, this. I don't, I don't yeah. need to practice this shit. I just got to put my shoes on and I'll be all right. <laughs> you hear these stories online as well from people talking about their experience in transitions and what happens. But it's really very simple if you practice it regularly. I, I'm doing it once a week, at least once with the, both transitions. When you get to race day, you're like a robot. You don't even think anything. I mean, you set your yeah, you set your transition zone up and you think about what do I need to physically touch first? What am I touching next? And what do I need next? And in what order do I need it to be? And you literally go from one to one to one, boom, bam, out. And I think because I did practice it so regularly, I didn't even think, just became robotic, you know. Now just, you're yeah. you're on legit bicycle, legit running, not like stationary bike into like a treadmill run into, you know, the pool. You're on a legitimate because I made that mistake. Like I would do my swim in the pool, transition to a stationary bike inside the gym, and then to the treadmill. And it was the worst idea I ever had. I should have done completely it. Completely different experience. Yeah, it was completely yeah. different. Yeah. Like going going from a stationary bike onto a real bike on a road, I was like midway through it. I'm like, holy shit, mm. my hips are going to rip out of their socket. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like, different. Yeah. That, that hurts. So now you're doing all of this. If someone's going to do it, do it legitimate. Like have your bike, do this. That's mm. how you're doing mm. it, I'm assuming. Yeah, so… In the beginning, I didn't have a proper road bike. I had bought one just before my first race, but I was using the indoor bike for training initially. And I bought a racing bike just before my first race so I could start practicing on it properly. You should have told me I was selling my bike. <laughs> I only used it once for one race. Oh, <laughs> it's still sitting me. in my mother-in-law's yeah. house. She's like, when are you going to get rid of this thing? I'm like, I'm looking. I'll I'm hit you up for what you, whatever you've got left now. It's, it's, it's in perfect condition. It's in perfect condition. I'm like, that's, I got a full bike. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, so I'm in the open water a couple of times a week. Coach gets me in there either with me or tells me to go to the open water to do the swim as a session. And I do use my road bike as much as I can in the road. Obviously, it's getting a bit hotter now. But this morning, I just look at the weather and this morning it was coolest between five and six. I was in the gym by five and I was out on the street running by five. And it was quite pleasant, actually. Yeah, yeah. The weather's nice. not bad. 5 a.m. It's yeah. pretty nice yeah. out. 5 a.m. Yeah. is pretty yeah. nice. Yeah. It's not up, up too hot. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so coming back to the splits. So I do at least two bricks a week. So I'll do swim to bike or bike to run. I'll do both of those a week. And once a week, I'll do a mini triathlon. So I'll actually swim and bike twice the distance to what I swim in a race and bike in a race. And I'll run maybe half or three quarters of the distance that I'll do in a race. So it's building my stamina and endurance. So when it gets to race states, I can just work on maybe getting to the last 200 meters of the run and being able to sprint it, which is what I did in the last race. And it was good to have that fuel left in the tank to really smash it. And I obviously made the time cut because I made the podium. So okay. yeah, he's training me right. I know, yeah. you got your training on point. Stick yeah. with coach. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, big so guy. That's my split, yeah. What about you? I mean, you're doing the whole CrossFit thing right now. I know you're training. <laughs> I see you train all the time. So what are your splits like from your coach? Because you have a pretty good training program yeah. from what I've seen. I mean, it's six times a week. Sundays are off. I that mean, bastard. Yeah. <laughs> church, church, church day. He calls it church day. Um, I was saying that bastard because he doesn't give you a five-day program. No. <laughs> no it's a, I've actually, I do miss training. So, you know, it's like something like you crave. Yeah. Like even on my yeah. off day, I do like I roll this skate. You know Mark, the British guy yeah, yeah, yeah. at the gym we go to. Yeah. Now, this guy, he's a pure beast. Yeah. Like, he's the strongest guy probably yeah, in the yeah, gym. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got good. more endurance than him. Yeah, yeah. He's crazy. And he's just, he's just amazing at what he does. And like, dude, yeah. he, he I was talking to him. He's like, yeah. 
I don't come to the gym. I just get itchy feet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I got to be in here. It comes twice a day. Yeah. Yeah. Twice a day. Sorry. So I said previously, I have a split of strength and conditioning and endurance. So I would do probably two training sessions. Two training sessions would be probably three times a week. It would be between accessory work, like a wad, as we call it. Yeah. Like now, accessory accessory work to break it down. That's you're basically like if you were doing tricep extensions or yeah. if you're doing hamstring, just to you know, build like, up some yeah, muscles. Yeah, just more yeah. concentrated on your weaker muscles. Yeah, and then your wad is your workout, workout of, the of the day of the day. And then the second session of would be probably endurance. So like running for forty minutes, but between sprints of twenty seconds faster sprint, forty second jogging. That would carry on for like around forty to forty five minutes, and that happens three times a week, two sessions. And then there's a swimming every Thursday, which I need to start getting into because <laughs> I know that a lot of these new CrossFit competitions include swimming and also Spartan race are including swimming. So I need to get into it, but I just need to look for a good pool. But instead of that, if I don't have a swimming pool next to me, I do a lot of endurance work with the ski ergs, the machines, uh, True forms or just run outside with a vest. I'm so telling your coach that you're not swimming, man. Yeah, he knows. He knows. I actually asked him last time and he told me like, why don't you have a pool? I'm like, it's free. It's not that cheap to go do, to a pool. Do, do, you like, do you tell him the sea's right over there and it's free? <laughs> yeah. yeah he, I think if he, if he Googled Kuwait, he would know. But I think starting this week, it will be my first proper training sessions in the pool. Yeah. When my old gym, there was a 25 meter pool and I used to go there like the program said every once a week. So I used to get that training done. But since that membership ended, I stopped going and I've been doing just endurance through other machines or outdoor running. But starting this week, it's going to be swimming. So I need to get some tips, I guess, from Catherine. So yeah, yeah. So, yeah six times a week, as I said, endurance with mixed with strength, a lot of conditioning. So that's about it. Yeah. Wow. I wish I was 25 again, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, my coach is like, I'm like, can you handle it? And I'm like, uh, you, I can it. you can do hey, it. This CrossFit stuff, it kicks your ass. Yeah, it really sure. kicks your ass. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, was, that was another thing I was going to hit. I wanted to talk about between the three of yeah. us too. Is And we were talking about this a little bit. We brought it up earlier. When you become more of the endurance athlete, so to speak. And I think this applies to CrossFit. Your muscle building sort of reduces. I definitely see it 100% mm -hmm. with what I'm doing in CrossFit because your body naturally is saying, I don't need this extra weight. Mm -hmm. I need my endurance built up. I need to be lighter to perform gymnastics, yeah. to perform these wads and to run more. And you had said earlier, well, you can incorporate strength, which I think is smart to mm -hmm. do for a triathlete, CrossFitter yeah. definitely, but for a triathlete or a Spartan racer yeah. especially. Yeah. And my recommendation always and what I've always told athletes was, all right, do your strength work first and then your endurance afterwards because you're teaching your body to tap into different energy systems yeah. versus doing your endurance work first. You're going to be tapped out when you go to do your strength work. So what would you recommend to the beginners mm. out there, Catherine? Mm. Well, my training program is also six days a week and coach changes it every 10 days. Today's workout, for example, was, I remember now, it seems so long ago. It was That's a five this morning. <laughs> seems so long but ago. But do you do, does he give, does um, he program in weightlifting? Yeah, absolutely. Strength training. So yeah, this morning was a run and then come straight in from that and jump on the rower, indoor rower concept, and then strength training. And then at the end of that, another set on the rower. So he mixes it up. What's your strength training look like? Just out of curiosity. Full body. Full body, okay. Yeah. Three times a week, four times a week, or? Once or twice. Okay, what type yeah. of exercises? Are you going more single-legged stuff, more compound lifts? Or? Mm, it's mainly aimed at 
what I need to do the sport. So mainly a lot of back work because, of yep. course, with swimming, you have to pull yes. yeah, yeah, with full yep. power. My physio noticed that I was starting to get slightly tight in the fronts of the shoulders and the chest because I'm doing so much forward, forward freestyle. Yeah, yep. and yep. You're, we're smashing it in the pool like who's, it's a real smash physio? fest. Who's your physio? <laughs> Jennifer. Jennifer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who introduced okay. us. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. amazing. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. shout out to Jennifer. She was Hi, on Jen. the show. She was on the show Jen, too. Jen, yeah. She, <laughs> she was on the show. Yeah. She's she's amazing. Yeah, like, she's she lovely. She really Anne. is yeah. amazing. Hi, Jen. She's like the total opposite of your CrossFit box physio. Oh, CrossFit, <laughs> CrossFit box physios are like, all right, let me just pat you up. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll get rid oh, of the pain. Yeah, no, that's, and that's the, yeah. and it goes with the sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like. An emergency room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, you're right. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, so you do your strength training. Yeah. A lot on lower back, stuff like that. And obviously, you do your strength training. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know? But if you want to talk specifically about Spartan races. Yes. So what we used to do, I mean, what I currently stopped doing because there's no Spartan races coming up. What we used to do is we used to prepare six weeks in advance before the race. So every week would be different. So we would have set up a path going from around 10 to 20K. With obstacles. So we would run on the road, then off the road, on soft sand, in the sea, kind of in the sea. We would have things set up in between where we know where we can find them, like monkey bars, pull-up bars. Mm -hmm. We used to find these things because we knew the path before. And when we used to come back, because our gym used to be on the beach, a SAS hotel. So it used to be on the beach. So we used to set up things back there, run 15K, do things in between, and come back and do things coming back to the gym. So every week would be different. But what we used to really focus on, what I really recommend people that are going into the Spartan race is to prepare mentally. I've seen a lot of people crash mentally during the race, especially during the beast, which is the 21K going up to 30K. I've seen people crying just because they can't move their legs anymore because there was an obstacle that they just pushed so hard that the next 10K, they can't move. They just sit there. So I think also the mental part of the whole thing is very important. Mm-hmm. And how you do that is just make yourself very uncomfortable while running through something. <laughs> yeah. you know? Like we used yeah. to make ourselves super uncomfortable, but just because of the group, as I said before, really used to push us forward. So I've is seen… Is that like the vest you were wearing? One of the things is, would be… Is the, that like a weighted vest It's like a weighted vest, yeah. like around like 15 kilos. So mm. we used to try to feel so uncomfortable with it, especially if it's like hot outside. It used to be super hard. So that was one of the things. Just things that you're not comfortable. So we used to ask each mm-hmm. other, what do we don't like doing? And we used to do it just because we know it's coming up mm-hmm. in the race. So that was part of the whole preparation period. And the thing is, again, when you go to a Spartan race, you don't know what's coming up. Yeah. You just need to be prepared to see something that you don't know. About, like the swimming, for example. Or like the regionals in Dubai, 30K on soft sand only. So you're running and your legs are sinking. That's horrible. All the time. Tough. At, and at some point, <laughs> they said it's 22K, but it turned out to be 30K. Oh my God. <laughs> and, we were, uh-huh. and that also breaks you down mentally because you know you're going to run 22K. And then it's 23, 24. I'm like, where's the end? You start thinking. You're like questioning it. So I think, as you said, like beginners, just mental preparation is 70%. Like training can train. But mentally, you need to be really prepared. See, I'm surprised that you didn't go the strongman route. I'm a big advocate of strongman training because I think it's the most functional training you can actually do. And I think a lot of people neglect some of these things like tire flips. And I'm not saying like an extra large tire, just like something run of the mill normal hand over hand rope pulls, you know, like a sled pull, a sled push. That's what Haya was doing because Haya did her first Spartan race. Well, she told her coach or our coach, so to speak, Rob. (laughs) She was like, oh, I'm doing my Spartan race. And he was like, okay, 
you're going to be doing some sandbag walks, sandbag carries. And sure as shit, there was a sandbag yes. carry in Hepla, and there were no female sandbags left. And so Haya picks up the blue yeah. one. <laughs> And this guy goes, no, you want to wait for the woman's one. And she goes, like hell I'm doing that. Oh, and she bless. trucked along. Also. She moves in front of the asshole that says that. <laughs> I am laughing hysterically. She gets up there. And I'm like, it was the proudest moment I ever had. Because she just told this guy. She was like, piss off. She was like, don't try and tell me because I'm a woman. I can't do uh. that. But it was great because her coach had prepared her yep. for it. Mm. And the strongman training that I think I'm a huge advocate of. I think that prepares someone for more of that Spartan race, yeah. so to speak. But then when we flip over to the triathlons, it's a lot different. I'm glad you're doing strength work because there are a lot of guys mm. that I know that are like, no, 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 I don't go to the gym. I just do bike, swim, and run. That's it. And I'm like, mm. dude, but you're neglecting yeah. a lot. You're mm. having those secondary muscles to fire in when you need them. The speed will be missing. They might have okay technique, but the speed will be missing because they don't have the power to pull from. The muscle strength isn't there to pull from. And I've seen that. And is there a change in lactic acid buildup? I mean, I would assume so. I mean, scientifically, I have no idea. But I'm wondering because you've done it before. That's something I'm going to look at. But because I know on the assault bike, for instance, I get lactic acid buildup in my Mm. legs like no other. But I know when I build up my muscular endurance, my strength endurance, that sort of tapers off a little bit. And I have more push and power. So, I mean, anything there? Mm. Yeah, I can't really answer that. Lactic it's a tough acid question. Yeah, maybe a question. maybe <laughs> coming from the bike, I think getting off the bike and going into the run, I think that's when you'd feel it because the legs are fully pumped, yeah. you know, and you go into the run and maybe the running starts to flush it out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So have you yeah. seen any issues with maintaining strength during the training? I mean, because I see it in CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I see my gains. It's two steps forward, but now it's like a step forward versus before. So have you seen any Trouble putting on muscle, maintaining, losing. In other people or in yourself. Me. In yourself. Yeah. Um, my body's completely changed since I started doing triathlon. When I first started, I think I had more a strength trainer's body, like more chunky, perhaps, more a larger muscle definition, perhaps. And I was definitely heavier. I was 10 kg heavier. And when I decided to compete and actually race, I started eating, well, not completely differently because it was never really bad or really unhelpful foods, shall we say. Yeah, yeah but you're following I, Fat Buckle so <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that post. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I really love this verbiage, getting out of don't call food bad or good or healthy, unhealthy, just call it what the food is. So I will call it junk food because things like Pringles or… That's junk food. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah we like, can say that. We can be honest. That's categorized. Yeah, that, definitely. That, that food is not going to do definitely. anything for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. So I was in a an eating habit period or phase where it was like, ah, just have the Pringles halfway through the week. Yeah, I can have chocolate every day. Yeah, I can have a biscuit with a coffee or six biscuits with a coffee. You know, it wasn't just one. It would yeah. be five or six. I just dumped that out straight away. All or nothing. Just dumped it out. And I have one day, like a free day, where if I feel like eating something like that, I will. The six other days of the week, it's not a problem at all just to go into training mode and I just eat for the sport. So I eat for what I'm doing next. So. I dropped within two, three months, so healthy weight loss kind of speed. I dropped 10 kg within three months and I have a completely different shape body now. And it's just happened. It's like, it's almost like a beast that's out of my control. It's like, what? My shoulders, what's the muscle at the back there? Where's that coming from? I didn't do that. <laughs> um, it's kind of just evolved by itself because I've eating differently, increased the protein slightly, increased carbs actually, because as a fitness figure and body shaping competitor, carbs are the evil. 
and you carb deplete, water deplete until the last day, the 24 hours before the comp, you're not drinking any water at all and your carbs were the evil. So I had that in my mind as being a way of losing or maintaining a healthy weight range, if you like, or a healthy weight level. And it wasn't working for my energy level. So I started, when coach said to me, no, you need to actually introduce more carbs, like every meal, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner needs to have a portion of. And I think I noticed squat swimming was tough. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have some sweet potato tonight for dinner and see what happens the next day. And the next morning in the pool, I smashed it. I was like, yeah. okay, I'm doing that again. <laughs> and now before I swim in the morning, before squat, it squats at like 5.15 in the morning. I'll be having a banana at four. And that would be completely unheard of before. I'd never eat before training, nothing. doesn't matter what the training was. I'd never eat before I go to the gym. Now it's a banana and it does see me through. And I feel it actually the time that it kicks in in the pool. I can kind of feel that banana kick in. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you've got me now. I'm using you. I've got that. Okay, I've got this. But yeah, it's been amazing to how easy it is to maintain and keep a fit, strong body with 10 kg less and eat feeling completely satisfied and not feel like I'm depriving myself. Life's not about depravity with food. Food is life. I love food. Food's awesome. And I love eating and <laughs> in general, but you can eat and feel amazingly satisfied with a great well-rounded eating plan or diet plan. I don't yeah. like the word diet either. And perform to your maximum. You can smash it, but you need to eat to sustain that. You need that. And it took some getting my head around to actually give in to that and kind of surrender that, okay, I can eat more carbs. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not evil. It's a mental yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that part of it has become a great pleasure as well to be able to let go of the feeling of I must restrict and deny to I need to overeat what I was eating before to be able to do what I do. And the proof is in the results. My runs are getting faster. My swimming is getting faster. People are commenting in the pool like a guy that I really admire and respect in the pool has done Ironman Kona. He's in my swimming squad. And he's mentioned a couple of times, you know, gee, you must be happy with your swim lately. And I said to him last time, okay, what do you see? Like, what makes you say that though? Because I do feel a bit better, but what are you actually seeing in my swim? And he said, well, you're faster and your endurance as well. Like, I'm keeping up with them now. Whereas before I was always at back. Yeah. Now I'm with the squad. Yeah. So exciting days and based on good eating. Of course. Yeah. That's a good point. Now, Justin, what about your eating, man? Because I know I face the CrossFit issue of sometimes you just need the carbs. You yeah. need that food. What's your food habit like? Because you maintain a pretty good physique and yeah. you hit on a perfect point that your physique changes based on your training. Yeah. yeah. It's evident. Yeah. Like, it's totally. going to happen. Of course. So what do you do? Like, if we… Because you're a high performer, in my opinion. So I'm assuming yeah. you actually… Take care of what goes in your mouth, so to speak. Yes. <laughs> and I'm, I'm assuming you saw Lulua. <laughs> yes, 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 yeah, yes, she's yes, a, yes. She's she is a great nutritionist. Yeah, she's been on the show, and yeah, I'm not trying yeah. to put a plug in for her, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if go ahead. we if we go back, flashback ten years ago, I was actually 105 kilo. So I was like a kid or a teenager that used to do sports, but I was like obese. Okay. And I used to do it, and I used to not care. So I used to eat like a burger, but. I train today so I can eat a burger. You know, that kind of mentality. I think it's like a, almost like a bit of a Kuwaiti mentality. I think like a lot of people like… Nowadays, it's different. But back in the day, people used to be like, I can eat Hardee's because I worked out for like two hours at the gym. I think that was the mentality when I was in high school, for example. Yeah. And fast forward, I mean, three, four… It when was, I was the guilt meal. Yes, the guilt, guilt meal. meal. <laughs> and the guilt meal would be like almost every day. So, <laughs> yeah, so I used to be 
like 105 kilos. And then there was a time in my life where people used to tell me like, oh, you'll never look good or like you never like lose weight. So there was a time when I finished university, went to Poland for five months and I got a personal coach and changed my eating habits, changed my workout, nothing to do with CrossFit, nothing to do with running, basic workouts. And I lost around within five months, I lost like 20 something kilos, a lot of body fat. Can't remember how much now. And I came back like almost new person mm -hmm. because people started realizing it. And I was just a fit guy, but I wasn't into any sport. So I had to like see my path. And then when I started going into running and then I got into CrossFit, I started looking for a good provider of meal plans. So for the past almost year now, I've been subscribed to a good meal plan. They know my carbs intake, my protein intake. They know right. what I meal do. Meal plans, no mention on this show. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I didn't say. I just said I, I just said I have a good meal plan. So I get my eating sorted. I do, like Catherine, have one day off, which is, I think, a blessing because… Do they sponsor you first off? No. Okay, no, no, then, no, no, then no, don't no. mention them. No, no, no. They don't sponsor you can, me. Yeah. You can mention your other sponsor. Yeah, my other sponsor is… Yeah, shout out Bloody Love. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, good protein bars, really. But, yes. Yeah, thanks, uh, man. Yeah, well, you want to make a bit more plugs? <laughs> but, but Sorry, yeah, dude. so, the, so one, like Catherine said, I have one day off where I feel it's like essential that you need to have that break from… Like, I don't even crave junk food anymore. I don't crave chips. You know, but if I crave, let's say, a good burger… I would have that burger on my off day. But I don't have that craving before. I used to inhale food before. <laughs> like I used to be a monster. On my mm -hmm. off day, I used to easily eat 5,000 calories. Yeah. And I realized that how bad it was. Mm -hmm. And then when I started eating well, I was like, I don't need that much food. I just need something that gives me a little bit of pressure. And then I'm fine. So yeah. for the past year, I'm seeing my results in CrossFit and Spartan races move up because of my eating habits. I was vegan for like a year also. So yes, that's like vegan. A, yeah, what? I was, yeah, I was vegan. vegan. Plant-based protein. Yes, right, plant-based protein. I, yes. Are you, you're, you're not a vegan. You're not a vegan, are you? No, I'm gonna rip um, on. I vegans. think I'm pescatarian. I mean, if I was in an amazing restaurant that making wagyu beef, whatever, and they bring it, and you know that it's clean, you know that there's nothing wrong with that, I might eat it. I'm not like completely Look, heathen no, no, against no it. No offense to the vegans, all right. But if you're gonna <laughs> eat, like, if you're gonna say, "Oh, I'm gonna have chicken enchilada." Okay, because I saw that on Instagram today. Yeah. Someone's a, like, you're vegan having a chicken enchilada. Dude, why are you calling it a chicken enchilada? <laughs> All right, there's no chicken in there. All right. It's tofu enchilada. It's, to it's tofu enchilada. Yeah. Like, call but it, it tastes like chicken. But yeah. why do you like still chicken. have that yeah, yeah. craving? And why do <laughs> yeah. you still want yeah. chicken? And yeah. why do you still want beef? I mean, a thousand years ago, we weren't roaming around saying, hey, I'm a vegan. I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to… You were eating whatever the yeah. fuck you could find. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it is just a same life. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but sorry, off on a tangent. Yeah. Here. So but, yeah. I was vegan for a year and I actually absolutely loved it. And I was performing at some point. Like I wasn't even believing that I'm vegan. I was just doing it as a trial. Were you phase. taking creatine as a supplement no, though? No. no? no okay. No. I wasn't right. taking any creatine. I was just taking plant-based protein. I was eating well. I know a lot of vegans eat unwell, like a lot of sugar. That's yeah, their carbs. excuse. They're yes. like, I'm vegan. And I'm going to lose weight. So yeah. if I eat all this shit, it's not going to exactly. matter because I'm not exactly. having meat. That's the fact. <laughs> <laughs> the world according to vegans. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I've met like 20 vegans that have said, oh, no, no, yeah, I'm a vegan. But I'm like, okay. Convenient well, theory. I didn't know yeah. you were eating all that crap. Yeah. And that has dairy. Yeah. Like Oreos. Oreos are vegan. So that's why like you can keep eating them. But yeah, uh -huh. so I did it for a trial phase of a year. And then I went back to eating meat. And it's been awesome. I love the results. Like Catherine said, I used to feel bad for eating like carbs. And I've seen who started eating carbs a bit in my meals. I've seen the boost of performance. Like 
I used to get a bit dizzy at some point during the work. Like, you know, a CrossFit workout get really hardcore at some point. Like, especially like yep. if it's like the open or something. I used to not eat before that. Mm-hmm. And with once since I started eating properly, I was like, whoa, I get that energy, that boost. So I'm yeah. curious with the reintroduction of meat as well, Justin. Like, did you notice a change in your body or a Funny change enough, in your performance no. when you started eating what about it again? mental cognitive change? Because I've heard a lot about people once they reintroduce meat, they're getting the creatine, L-carnitine, and different nutrients from that where they find a cognitive boost. And the same thing with creatine. When mm. vegans or vegetarians introduce creatine, they also notice a cognitive boost with it and interesting, a yeah. physical boost. So huh. did you notice any of that? or Actually, I got a lot of these comments from people like, how did your stomach take it? Or like, how did your body take it? But funny enough, the transition was so smooth that I didn't feel anything. Mm. I felt, yeah, I don't know what. Like, I, just, I just had a healthy boy, I guess. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, good for you, dude. Yeah, good that's, for me. That's yeah. awesome. But I was worried about it because when start, people started telling me that this might really end up bad, I was just hoping for the worst. Mm. And then when it actually went so smooth, I was like, nothing is mm. happening. But any def- change in your performance as well? Like no. output, could you pump? Yes, more I get, or I could a bigger pump, yes, pump in the yes, body or yes, you're interesting. Right. Yeah. With meat, yeah. with good food that includes a good amount of carbs and a good amount of protein, meat protein, yes, I felt a huge difference. Energy-wise as well or just strength? I think, and, I mean, everything, everything. I felt a bit of everything and every kind of like endurance and I mean, actual like weightlifting, everything. I felt like I can actually push more. Mm. But I mean, I've seen people which are CrossFitters and they're vegan and they can do amazing things. So, but I don't know how they it's, work. It's so. genetics. At, genetics, the, end, at yes. the end of the day, it comes down to genetics. Yeah. I do know, and this is correlation between researches that I've read and I've seen this, where when you start eating red meat again and you increase your cholesterol, cholesterol levels increases your testosterone levels. There's a correlation there. So for a younger guy like him, if his cholesterol goes up a little bit, his testosterone's picking up, I could see a definite gain in strength. Mm. I notice it personally. If I eat a hefty, that's why I eat so much steaks, man. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, and when I went to when I went to Lulua, she was like, all right, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it was basically everything I knew that I should be doing. But Someone saying it out loud, it's like, all right, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta dial down because we got the Istanbul thing coming yeah, up. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, it's all right, calm time, <laughs> try and get the food in. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's good that now we have the listeners knowing that your nutrition directly affects your performance. Oh, totally. And we, I've totally. talked about it a million times yeah. on this show. So mm-hmm. it's great to hear from you guys that it does affect your performance. Mm-hmm. Now, real quick before we wrap things up, Justin, what was your gateway, so to speak, into endurance sports? And especially CrossFit, because CrossFit is like the ultimate body punisher. I mean, no offense, triathlete. <laughs> when, you, when you do Don't CrossFit, you're getting, you're getting kicked in the ass <laughs> every day. <laughs> Actually, it's doing Spartan races. You feel like a headless chicken at some point. So I guess it's almost the same. <laughs> running around. Yeah, yeah. Right, turning around. Yes. Because that what happened to me when, when I was, I think it was my first 25K and at 22, I just felt I had no like. I just ran. <laughs> I just ran. And I knew that my head is good, but I don't feel anything. But the gateway, I think is… Would you say it could have been weight loss? Because some people are like, I want to lose weight, so I'm going to go do a race. You know, that's, mm. that's a big thing for a lot of people. I, I'm, I know I'm very, a lot of… I think just, I'm very privileged and very grateful for the people around me. They always pushed me. Like, I never knew I was good at, for example, the running Spartan races. But people used to tell me that and that would boost my performance. So I knew people, for example, used to tell me like, Justin, you should run the 25K. Like, you seem good at it. 
And I used to get that a bit of motivation, like, oh, thank you, you know? And I used to start doing it and felt good about myself. And same thing with CrossFit. You know, we have so many good athletes in our gym. And for example, yourself also, we push each other sometimes. Like that one workout that we did Dude, together. You're, 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 you're on a different level, man. Right? <laughs> yeah, but- I did a workout with him. It was a team workout. <laughs> and I got 10 years on him. So he gets on the assault bike. He pumps out. I'm like, all right, there's no rest. There was no rest uh-huh. for me. I couldn't walk for two days. <laughs> Just because usually I'm used to like being with like someone, a normal athlete. <laughs> <laughs> so that like, like I get two minutes of rest with him. It was like 45 seconds. I'm like, shit. <laughs> on, on, on. Yeah. So yeah. Sorry, man. No, but just two things. Surround yourself with good people. Like good positive vibes. And prepare yourself mentally. And everything else will come in hand. I think nutrition is something that you can just build steadily. Performance is something that comes also within like good hard work. But surrounding yourself with good people and preparing yourself mentally is something that you cannot just get it. You just need to really find it, you know. And you need to be lucky also. So I think that's what's my gateway when it comes to these old races, you know. So. Lucky or just genetically sound? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Catherine, what about you? What was your gateway, so to speak, to… When you say gateway, what do you mean exactly? Like what kind of got you into it? What was your, okay, I'm going to do this now? Or you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you had mentioned it earlier, but… To get you into fitness, let's say, you know, at a young age and everything, and okay. jump into it. Like, yeah, what was yeah. your kind of like, was it I want to lose weight or was it I want to continue to compete? For me personally, yeah. it was I want to continue to compete. So Okay. I mean, to get into fitness in general, I had been doing ballet for 10 years. So I was a dancer for 10 years and I had an unfortunate accident and I had to stop. And I was still in love with music and movement. And so I started doing fitness classes. And at that same time, I was looking for what I would do myself with my life in general. And I was doing a class, a step class one day with this girl who looked like she was having a great time teaching. The music was fun. The feeling in the room was awesome, very positive, very energetic, forward moving, progressive feeling, all of that together. And I thought, maybe I want to do what that, what she's doing. This is a great industry to be part of, surely, the fitness industry, the health and fitness industry. Maybe I want to be part of this. So I explored that and the rest is history. That's how everything rolled to end up with me where I am now. Because I wanted to be… I noticed that in a job, you're spending the majority of your life in that place. So I wanted to do something that I loved. I wanted to do something where I was in that place for so long in a position where I was going to be happy and progressive and positive and supportive, as you're saying, people around you forward moving. Yeah. So that's where it all started. That's Thank awesome. You. That's awesome. Yeah. So, all right, I'm making a deal here. The three of us, we all have to do a race. Spartan race and a triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You got to jump into the Spartan side. I'm keen on that. All right. Sounds fun. All the Dude. obstacles running around and jumping on things Honestly, and swimming. We should, we should, and we should, we should yeah. have a project. Yeah. We should have a project team for the next Spartan race. Whether yeah. it's in Kuwait. Personally, I like to travel. So, yeah, we yeah. should have a project team. I don't, I don't know if we'll get sponsors for it. But hey. <laughs> <laughs> we need the caps. We need the t-shirts. I, yeah. I know, right? Well, well, the caps and the t-shirts, that's okay. That would be, be provided, but that would be fun if we could do that. Get a little Spartan little thing yeah, going on. It's fun. Kuwait it's always team. fun. It's always fun. Yeah. I, and I'll do the triathlon in November. I think I might do it. Cool, yeah. I'm, I'm leaning on. towards it now. I'm kind of like… I'm sure you can do it. Absolutely. I mean, with the distances, like the super sprint, for example, the distance is increasing. So you start with super sprint. Some people jump straight into sprint or straight into Olympic because they know they have the endurance and the strength to do that. But super sprint for a beginner is the perfect That's what I did. I did the super sprint. Start. I would probably do the, and... I'd probably do the sprint now yeah. Yeah, just yeah, because yeah. I like to… Yeah. You know, because you can. I, I like, no, I like to challenge myself. <laughs> I like yeah. that challenge. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's yeah. something yeah. to work towards, yeah. which I think both of you hit on really well that having that goal and taking those small steps 
and Mm-mm. not rushing it. Absolutely. Getting the mechanics yeah. down yeah. and everything. Yeah. Plus the nutritional side of it. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to have another episode with you back on and talking about a body changes in terms of athletes. Because I've yeah, gone super. through it. I know my wife's going through it, you know, as a powerlifting mm-hmm. athlete. And it's not talked about in this field. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you get fitness advice from mostly trainers and a lot of them have piss poor eating habits to begin with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It plays such a huge part. I mean, it's like 80% surely. Yeah, the yeah. intake is 80% of what you do. Yeah. The exercise is yeah. 20 surely. You know? And I, I was yeah. trying to explain to someone, they were like, yeah, you know, I'm getting my advice from a bodybuilder. I'm like, dude, a bodybuilder is the worst person you want to take advice from, Mm-mm-mm. in my opinion. But that's a whole episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, super um, cool. But thanks, Catherine, for coming back Pleasure. on. Pleasure. Thanks for having Justin, me. Justin, it was awesome having you on. Thank here. you. And you're Thank definitely going to be back on the show. Thank you. All right. Awesome. All right. Especially when you're going to the CrossFit Games in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll I'm, see one day. I'm throwing it out there. Putting the pressure on. <laughs> and Catherine, when you're doing your ultra Ironman or something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'll list, ask my body if that's okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.